G.K. Chesterton once said, every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. Friends, it's Morgan, and it's great to be back with you for another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. When we find that life is full, we often miss the opportunity to go deeper, to ask, what's the question behind the question? What's the question behind the expressed desire? What is it that I really want? Where is it that I'm looking for life and how will I make it last? Friends, the soul is always searching for a father. If you think of the films that move our hearts, so often there's the story of an intervention that is purposed that's particular, that's winsome, that's daring, that's the impossible possible, where the wise guide comes into the life of a younger soul that has possibility and latent potential, but needs a guide, needs a friend, needs someone who will fight for him, someone who will help him recover the path to life. This category of a father, of a mentor, of a guide is one that surfaces again and again in the many conversations I have with allies around the world. And in this podcast episode, I wanted to take you into a conversation I actually recorded earlier. I was hosted by Sam and Blaine Eldridge on their podcast, and they were asking questions on mentoring. And it was a very powerful time, and I felt compelled to bring that to the community of allies around Become Good Soil. Before we dive in, we are nearing Father's Day. It will be upon us shortly. And in the spirit of looking for a father and thinking about what it's like to be a father, to be a parent, I sat down and I tried to capture some secret treasures that I've mined over these decades. In this spirit, we are all longing as parents to raise wholehearted kids. And in that longing, we are faced with many dilemmas. And I wanted to sit and pause for a moment and just distill a few big ideas, a few questions, a few possibilities, a few narrow gates to recover the path back to life in this category of parenting and fatherhood. So I've put that together in a devotional. It's a seven-day kind of journey, very simple and short as a way to just explore some of these big ideas afresh. It's called Secrets to Raising Wholehearted Kids. And it's a free PDF that I will have shortly on the Become Good Soil website. So you can find it there and enjoy that and pass that on to anyone that you think would benefit from that gift for Father's Day. In that spirit of being honest, that the heart is always searching for a father. Let's dive into this conversation on fathering, mentoring, and what we're actually asking for. A couple years ago, we we chatted about it. I was like, oh, there's just, I don't know that I know what's being asked when a guy comes with that question. Yes. I don't know that he knows what he's asking. I don't know it's going to be successful. It just just feels like booby-trapped and also desperately needed. We talk about that a lot. We talk about sages. We talk about the need for this role. And when I get that question, I envision myself in a coffee shop just hoping I have the right answers to the questions that I don't have beforehand. Like, oh, I just... So we're talking about mentoring and... I went to you, Morgan, because you also went through that transition of being the young guy who would ask, will you mentor me? And all that that has meant for you. And then now being on the other side as well of guys asking you the question, will you, Morgan, mentor me? And all that you've learned in the years of trying to navigate that. And so like, this is where we're going. This is, this is why I'm excited because I have specific people in mind who I have failed mm. as their mentor and wish I could have done it better, and wish I could have explained, I don't think you want me to mentor you. What you actually want is for me to help you get a job. 
let's let's try to bring some clarity to what you're actually yes. asking. So going back to that moment, do you remember your first reaction to someone bringing that question to you? Like someone's walked in and been like, Morgan, really love what you do, respect you. I want, if I, I just want to be you in 10 years. Will you mentor me? Like what, what happens to you inside when someone brings that question to you? Oh, this, yeah, this is really gold. It's a really essential topic. It's really fraught with booby traps because it involves the heart, right? And what we really want and what we fear we might not become if we don't get it. Um, yes, Sam, I remember moments like that. And what's interesting is much of what I felt in that moment. Well, two things, obviously pressure, pressure, self-imposed. But then the other is it took me back to when I was asking that question for the first time. And now I see, as you said, what's coming out of my mouth is something like, will you mentor me or will you apprentice me or disciple me? But really what I see is there's a longing. There's something I want, something I want to become or acquire, and I really, really think you have it. Will you give it to me? Totally. Right? That's the feel. Totally. And so I think, I think where I'd start with, just to use that as an example to unpack a few things, um, it involves the heart, and a heart can be hurt rather easily. Mm. And we must be really careful when we are bringing our heart to another person, really needing something to come to us, right? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard our heart. I mean, that's central to the masculine journey and the process of initiation. So I think what I'd say first is we have to be really caring for our heart and where we take it, and what we're asking for. Um, because if you risk in the category of seeking out counsel, apprenticeship, learning from other men, in time, you will, like all people, be deeply disappointed. Mm. That's part of it. That's part of it. And you have to, therefore, be really careful with what you do with your heart and where you're taking it and why. That's so good. It's, uh, I mean, just by way of example, I was just having a conversation, some older loving men experienced in a life with God recently came through to visit some mutual friends. And they said, hey, if we'd love to meet up, if there are people who are close with you who'd like prayer or conversation and I went, oh my gosh, there's a 70-year-old man who wants to do that. So, And I'll just fast forward to the end where I went, yeah, I was, let's call him Bill. I'm like, I was really hoping for a uh, just profound time with Bill, experiencing the father through him, long pause. And I did get a few minutes with Bill. And the level of disappointment yes. was so substantial into just, oh man, I I have a lot of need uh, that I was hoping you would address more of. And instead, we just kind of had a conversation that was pretty normal. Yes. And there won't be follow-up. Yes. Okay, Blaine, let me take that moment to kind of offer a thought. It's one of the most helpful categories with your time with Bill by way of example is I believe we thrive in a mentor-mentee relationship when we come with a belief, an operating knowledge that it is ultimately God who is fathering us. It's ultimately God who is mentoring us, who's leading us through a process. In Peterson's introduction, the message translation to Hebrews, he, he says, religion is a well-intended effort for us to get it all together for God. And we can very well get in the way of what God's doing for us. Here's the main and central action everywhere and always. It's what God has done, what God is doing, and what he will do for us. 
Jesus is the revelation of that action. And our main and central task is to live in responsive life with God. And so I think what I want to name is when we allow our hearts to be seated in the reality of we have a father and he is leading a process of our initiation, our maturing. And then we can shift into a curiosity of, okay, God, what are you up to in that? How then might you fulfill that in my life? And I'll give an example. So we're all hunters and spend a lot of time behind glass. And when I first started behind glass with binoculars and spotting scopes, I just didn't see a lot of animals, but I'd be with more experienced hunters that would see animals all the time. And I learned over time, you can't look for an animal, right? You rarely see an animal, Mm -hmm. but you see parts of an animal, right? You see a horizontal back in a vertical forest. You see a flicker of an ear. You see a rump patch. And over time, as a hunter, as you grow, you learn to understand, oh, I'm seeing animals. But in fact, it's only pieces. I think it's a good metaphor for how I experience mentoring of often it has to be this posture of um, God is mentoring me. God is fathering me. And he will bring pieces and parts through certain men but it's never the man, it's through him. And what that does is allow my expectations to be released from a certain man. And here's the the reality, guys, is like, we all have broken hearts, we all have woundedness where we, we want it easy and we want it now and we want it very tactily. We want it through a man. We wanna find a man and attach this need for father. And God has rigged it so that it just doesn't work that way. But once we release that, then we're free. And it could be a guy that comes to do a repair in your house because you don't know how to do it. And next thing you know, you jump in with him and there's some substance that's passing that's far beyond the repair. But it's because I'm seated in the reality that God is my mentor and how God, with curiosity, would you be leading me in a relational context through older men? Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, it's really helpful that we're starting with it, this piece of disappointment and the young man posture. And that I love the hunting metaphor, particularly because when I go out in the woods, I'm expecting to find an elk broadside out in the open. Yes. And to transpose that onto the mentoring, like I'm expecting the full package. I'm expecting to get an attribute of theirs that I want. Um, like it's, it, I'm going to eat the mushroom in Mario. I'm going to level up. Like whatever, <laughs> however this interactions go for however long, whether it's an hour, a month, a semester, like there is a tangible outcome I am hoping for that I probably haven't named. And this would be like in the early days and in the lack of maturity, we're just, it's just so vulnerable for disappointment because it's not named. And there's this piece of like, you guys, if your posture is, there's going to be pieces and this one person doesn't have to embody everything. And then could be like, there's a knighting ceremony at the end and you take a knee yes. and like, it's happened. And you're like, yes. oh, <laughs> like that, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And to take the pressure off all of a sudden, like you can have these interactions with God will be using anything he can to be teaching, mentoring, bringing up. If you have the eyes to see it, like this yes. is, this is super helpful for those those early, early requests, those early desires, because I think we, we want to name is like the need is there and the desire is actually really beautiful. This yes. is something you were bringing up before, like your heart goes out to these guys, right? This request of, I need a father, I need a sage. I, I am a, I feel like I am 12 years old inside and this man walks with authority. So if I can just blank, Exactly. And what we've done in that is we so often attach to the man what we need from God. So what we're saying is, will you be my father? Will you be God in my life? Right. And so it's set up for just failure from the beginning. And Sam, to just go into what you're saying, so often we come with, we want to we want to learn a skill, right? How do I handle my finances? Teach me what to do in this situation. You want to learn how to do something? Go to YouTube. 
You want to fix something? There's a video on that. Right. You want to ask about that actuator that's breaking on the back door of my Ford? Or There's what a an forum for that. Is. Right. It, that's where I learned. It's a forum for that. Google it, yeah. right? You can learn things. Mentoring is different. It's a process that's wonderfully inconvenient through which over time there's a substance and a reciprocity that transpires that's deeper than the things. And so make no mistake, when Skip was at my house installing an all-house attic fan and, and working with me, he taught me how to do that. He taught me basic electric work. I hired him, paid full price on the condition of, can I do it with you? It was weird. No one ever asked him that before, but I'm thirsty and I didn't learn how to work with my hands. And so years ago, I owned this house and I did it with him. But there's a substance of a thing. Hmm. And so we're in our garage, my garage later on, and we're working with something. And he just looks at me with his ponytail and his dirty glasses. And he goes, you know what? Here's your problem. And I looked at him. I go, what, Skip? He goes, you're doing it like you're smart. Do it like you're stupid, not like you're smart. <laughs> it was brilliant. Mm. I've never forgotten that line. And I just rested. Mm. And I was trying to, to screw in this electric piece. And it, it was the substance of the thing below the skill. Mm -hmm. So you can get skills on YouTube. But mentoring requires submitting to a timeline you don't want and a process that's inconvenient, but there's a, um, a relational component and, and what manifests is love and it's not on your terms. Mm. But when God's authoring it, then you have eyes to see it. Okay, like hit rewind, listen again, because I can quickly go to it's the skill. Like, wow, Morgan is so gifted in pursuing these people to gain these skills, but you didn't ask to partner with the electrician in the hopes that you would be a master electrician by the end of it, that you would never need to hire one again. You went in going, I think this is an environment that I feel awkward enough in that I'm going to have more of an open mind, more of open eyes to be seeing things in conversation that I might miss otherwise. Yes. There's a, there's a subcontext there that's going to be rich. Right. And I'm assuming that you took the pressure off of when Skip left that you could then wire your entire house. Oh, exactly. And make no mistake, I want to learn how to wire my house. Sure. But I went through enough trial and error to realize it's through the wiring that the initiation happens where you become the kind of person that faces the next trial where you don't know what to do. And the difference is some fundamental shift happens within your soul and you go, okay, I can learn that. Mm. And it's not the skill. Right, and, and here's what I'd say about mentoring in this moment that's really important is we often come in an uninitiated place, in an orphan place to get something. We come saying, I have lack, you have abundance, I need what you have. And it really is an unhelpful posture in mentor relationships. I, what I want to say is healthy relationships are always reciprocal, always reciprocal. Parker Palmer is an, an, an elder, um, a beautiful man and, and a sage in our modern day. And, and you know, and he, he has his unique things. He's a pacifist, and, but he's a, he's a beautiful soul. And he describes mentoring often as approaches kind of like this passing the baton, that the old passes the baton to the young and they've taken over. And he said, like, that, that, that's not a helpful way. He said he spent five decades of his life working with younger people. And what he's learned is in the reciprocity, everyone has a contribution. And he describes it as it's rather than passing the baton, it's more of like joining an orchestra where everyone is playing together. And when he says, he quotes Oliver Wendell Holmes, who says, so many old men die with their music inside of them, okay? And so what I wanna name here is that if you come as a consumer and I need to take something from this man, you'll always be disappointed. But one mentor said to me, find an older man who you want to learn from and find some way to serve him. 
in, in the posture of being willing to serve him, you will find that through that, you engage in a process where you actually receive that which you were longing for and you didn't even know to ask. And when he told me that, I looked back over the years and I realized that was true to my story, that most of my mentoring happened when I willfully consented to older men to say, I want to bring what I've got. I'll bring my instrument. I'm coming to serve. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to offer. And it was in the proximity with them that I began to receive, but also it's reciprocity. In other words, I did have something to give. It was an orchestra. And I actually, I think what I would say, the question you started with, Sam, like, where are the mentors? How do I find someone to mentor me? So many men come to and say, I can't find mentors. I think what I want to say now, looking back over 15 years of fierce intentionality to find those mentor-mentee relationships is, I want to say, you know where I found them? I made them. I made a lot of them. And here's what I mean. By asking to engage in relationship with them, by serving them, I called out gold that a lot of them didn't even know they had. Mm. Gold that was kind of waiting to be mined. They weren't waving a big banner saying, hey, I'll mentor you. I'm an older sage. They didn't have a booth at, at the end of right. Sunday service. Those guys are actually a little scary. There's <laughs> some of those around, mm -hmm. right? But instead, I, I was, I'm always watching what, where someone has something um, that I think I could learn from, grow from, to develop from. And, and I called it out of them. And the student needs the teacher, but the teacher needs the student. The son needs the father but the father needs the son. A father realizes his identity when he has the enjoyment of relationship with a son. So I, I wanna say there's reciprocity and there's a process of finding and calling it out, but what would it be like for you to say, I wanna start with, I have something to bring to this man. I'm going to serve and if I receive, in the process, I, uh, then I, I, I welcome that, but I release the expectation. Those shifts are so significant. It seems like there's this piece in there of you're looking around going, whose life would I not mind being a part of? Would yes. I like to be a part of? And again, there's that skill difference of there, there are people who I sort of go to get the answer to a question from. For sure. And I don't consider that mentoring. There's like, you know, there's a guy who lives down the street who always rides his motorcycle at 11 o'clock at night, super annoying with kids. But because of that, <laughs> I know that there's a guy who has a motorcycle. Yes. And so when I have a motorcycle question, yes. and I literally kind of was stuck, I was like, you know what? Hey, this is weird. What is this part? Yes. I think you'll know. Um, but I, I'm looking at his life and I go... I'm not trying to actually build a relationship. This was just kind of a praying into, Jesus, should I go ask this guy? Like, yes. Uh, very different than looking around at um, who would I like to serve means coming into their life. What I want to ask is, you know, you said, skip a man that you hire and then ask, can I work with you? And then you've talked about men who you come along and go, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing something to them. So... I guess it's how much variety do you expect in your life of cultivating, of seeking out mentors? Like how, what does piecing it together look like? Um, and how many, I guess like how many men at one time are you trying it out with or serving or mm. throwing in with? Does that make sense? That's a great question, Blaine. Uh, because as I, as I think, but let me take the last decade and just kind of, ponder it for a moment. And I would say there's kind of this emphasis on the two extremes because the soul has a limited capacity, right? We have a finite capacity for relationships. There are very few men in my life currently where I would say I have consented to I'm serving you. I come mostly to give knowing that the kind of substance of who you are, um, I'm going to gain from tremendously. And I'm thinking of one of them in my life right now. He, the mentor, the elder, sent me a Mayday prayer last night, um, something about one of his children. 
And I was ecstatic to pray for him, right? This was a privilege. It was an honor. And he's sending it to me because he knows I'll pray, because he knows he has my sword. And I'm so humbled that my sword is effective in his world. When I think that the giants that you could ask for intervention here, but he actually knows he's asking me, maybe not because of the effectiveness of my prayers, but because he knows my heart is for him. And what's beautiful in in his, it was actually a voicemail. And he goes, hey, he goes, have some things sideways. One of my kids, not a crisis. Don't need to put Superman cape on. But if you could lend some strength, just the, just the kindness, right? The father. Now, it was a crisis, but he's even caring for my heart in the process. And so I'm learning, wow, even in crisis, this man's become the kind of person that can father and tend and care. So there's a few of those. At the same time, there's a very broad palette of men who are bringing pieces of maturing and growth and development. I I just read that passage from Peterson. You know, Eugene Peterson is passed away and gone on to the kingdom. And I've never met him personally, but there are a few interviews, a few pieces of a few of his books, a few of his introductions to the 66 book set that he has for the translation of the Bible that through that, there's some way of pastoring, of shepherding people that's really helping me grow in how to love people in Christian community. And it's a piece of mentoring. It's a piece of fathering. It's a small piece, right? And then I have this crusty, angry man down the street that is just ornery and he's banged up from the war And he doesn't like anybody in the world except for my son. And the reason why he likes my son is because they had a connection. This guy's a gunsmith and he lives, breathes, eats guns. And he watched Joshua work landscaping in our house for long enough time where he realized this kid's hard worker. He respected that. And he has a big heart and He's a hunter, so he likes guns. And so there was this connection. The point being is like the motorcycle uh, neighbor, I wouldn't ever sign up to be mentored by this man, but I know that he's seen some things that I haven't. He was in war, you know, he's killed some people. He has a brutal story and he's a, much of him is a boy trapped in an old man's body. The body's very broken too, that he's trapped in. And I know that there are things I need to learn from him, that I'm learning from him in the context of being the only two people in the world that get to go in his gunsmith shop. It's a home shop that's been shut down for years. And we're working with him on a regular basis, tinkering on fixing a scope or adding a, you know, a bipod, just as a context to go, this guy has gold. He has a song in him. He has a treasure. And I don't want him to give me marriage advice or financial advice but there's substance. So I would say it's both and Blaine, it's a few, and that changes over seasons. There's two or three right now that are very intentional, but I always have this posture through books and through casual acquaintances and friends of friends, or through some particular piece of my frontier in, in my masculine initiation where I, I'm, I'm looking to learn um, about a, a realm where I'm learning from a wide breadth of people. And through all of that, what I get is a mosaic of God's story of fathering and initiating me. But I would say it's those two extremes in a way. Okay, so this context piece is one that lasted. You mentioned it when we had our conversation two years ago and it was like one of the bold pieces for me and maybe a good segue from thinking of the perspective of the young man to thinking of the perspective of the mentor and some thoughts for them. Because if you have any life in you, it doesn't matter how old you are. You get asked early. You're going to get asked really early. Um, But this piece of not a lot of young guys are going to have your posture, right? Like Morgan, you're in your forties and you've learned the posture of a good mentee over decades and like the ways, the richness that is available that I would guess the average 18 year old doesn't know yet is going to take some time. 
And it's this piece of finding contacts, finding places to serve that that's very specific. That's very like in the gunsmith shop or praying for someone that you admire because you're in their world and you've made yourself available as a mentor or as someone who's been approached. um, I remember you threw this out there of like your, your life is going to be max. It's going to, it's going to feel full. And so rather than try and create time, like sure, I'll meet you on Tuesday mornings at a coffee shop for a set amount of time as is my instinct to try and like right. orchestrate to meet their need. Cause I feel it. I feel that take, I feel that like if I spend enough time with you I, through osmosis, I am going to absorb some attributes and I'm like, Oh crap. Like this is this, I feel unmentored and being asked to mentor. Yes. So there's that, there's a whole group there. You were like, don't go to the coffee shop. Find an area in your life where there is margin and you can say, come join me here. Like I'm going to go chop down some wood or I'm going for a bike ride on Friday. You are more than welcome to join there. That yes. is where I have space Yep. in a momentum and in a life that already is going in a certain direction. Yes. And that the best mentoring will happen there as you, as you named with the electrician thing. Like it's the offhanded comments that reveal postures about the world, about God that are like way down deep. They're not the bullet points that come first thing. Yep. Here's your five tips to have a healthier marriage. It's like, no, don't tell me that. Tell me like the thing that you think when you are paying attention. Yes. Because that's that's valuable. Exactly. So, so this is a, a potential shift to the mindset, some thoughts for the 30-year-old or 25-year-old who gets asked by a high schooler, hey, I want to be you in 10 years. Yes. There's a question that was asked to me. And it's like, okay, no pressure. Yep. Um, wow, context. How, how would I help this younger person who hasn't put in the miles that you have think about what they actually need and what's the context I would be inviting them into? So if a guy came to you now and said, Morgan, can I spend some time with you? Where, where would you be most likely? Sorry, listeners, it's not actually, it's a hypothetical situation. You can't then go ask Morgan and say, hey, on the podcast, <laughs> you said you'd be most likely That's to. That's great. Where's the most likely environment that you would create and you'd be like, this is going to be the best place for this interaction to go down. Yes. Can I just add? Yeah. How do you decide what to say yes to? How do you decide what to say, graciously say, I don't have margin to when... You get the question because Sam and I both know guys 16 to 25 who are, who look like they have a little more. And so guys are coming around going, Hey, uh, would you consider mentoring me? And I go, you're 21 years old. And someone is asking you that question. What is that 21 year old? What would be helpful for him to know? Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I hear a a, a little different questions of, how do I discern and what is it that I offer or what is the context in which I offer? Yeah, no pressure, Morgan. Um, yeah, Most exactly. Easy, yeah, easy. Just give us all the answers. Um, yeah. Well, so back to your first comment, it's it's the thing that happens in the thing. Just a wonderful story. So your dad, both of you, was one of my earlier mentors in my life in the kingdom. And I signed up to be an intern for him. I offered, hey, looks like you need some help. I'll work for you for free, right? So that was the practical context. And that was an easy ask to say yes to, right? I also went to him earlier and said, hey, I would like to be mentored by you. And he said, and and what I thought he'd respond to is, hey, let's go to Einstein's or let's go to Starbucks every Monday morning. And he said, yeah, I don't really think a program's really that helpful. Why don't you come back to me when you have, he, oh, he actually said, what are your questions? And I looked down and I said, I, 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 don't even, I don't know what my questions are. And he said, that's okay. He said, come back when you have some questions. And so he put it on me, right? To become a student of my own soul. And so rather than blame that question of like, will you mentor me? It's wonderful to give that back to him and say, well, ask yourself what you want. And then come let me know what it is that you want. And then we can see, we can discern together what would be helpful in that. And so then I started interning for your dad. And there was a day where I was sitting in your kitchen 
at their, your kitchen table in your house, and Sam, you were beating up Lane. This was way back in the day where you could probably take him easier than hey. might be able to take him now. Yeah, and you're beating on him, you're ago. beating on him, and we're having a meeting. And your dad gets up from the table peacefully, quietly, not reacting, because I have these categories of he's going to blow a gasket, right? And he gets eye to eye with you, Samuel, and he says, Samuel, God's made you strong. Do you think your strength is to hurt your brother or to help him? Oh my goodness. Guys, that was like 20 years ago and I'm sitting here telling that story. It wasn't this formal discipleship program, right? I was there answering um, phone calls for people that wanted counseling, mentorship from your dad and he didn't have time. And in that moment, I saw my first experience of parenting in love to separate the behavior from the person. He spoke into your strength and he talked about your behavior. It's an example where it does happen on the sides. It happens in the flow of relationship. So what I would say, if you're in the seat of being asked to mentor, I, I would consider turning it back to them to help them see what is it that they want. What, what is it that you want? And ask them, what are the questions that you have? And where would be a good place to fulfill that? A guy asked me two days ago to mentor him. He just came out of boot camp. And this is a solid guy. Loves God, going after it. He's, he's really in the sweet spot of um, men that I get super excited about walking with. And this is a passion of my life. Uh, but I also know my plate's pretty full and there are no slots for that unless God says um, he's the one for now, for the season. But my answer to him is yes, absolutely, in prayer. And, and the yes is, I want him to walk with God deeper into what he needs in his apprenticeship, and I'm willing to play the part that God has for me. So it's different than pressure, yes or no, have the answers. And so I, he wrote an email, and so I did a voice memo back to him that I sent so I could be true but I didn't have the 30 minute conversation for this, but I did have five minutes to say, I'll call him Jason. Hey Jason, thanks for your email. Loved connecting with Bootcamp. I see your heart, you're on track. I see so much of me in you 15 years ago. Um, the answer is yes. I would love to play my part. And as I prayed, here's my sense. That's how, why I created Become Good Soil. I have a archive of blogs and podcasts. They're mostly in the spirit of the questions that are percolating in your heart from our conversation. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Take those podcasts, take those blogs, and slowly and steadily work through them. Perhaps one a week or less, ask God to lead you through it as you apply it to your life. If there's a question that comes up in two months, in eight months, let me know. I'm glad to connect with that. In the meantime, there is this other person that's on my heart that I do think you should approach and consider if he's open to a more regular conversation because he's in your story. And when you go through that, get in touch with me. And so the, the, I, I think the helpfulness and the honest love and the integrity with it was, I love you. I'm not going to self-protect. I wanna care for your heart. My answer is yes, I will play my part. So no, I'm not going to meet at Starbucks with you every Monday morning, but yes, over a decade, you will be teaching from your deepest pain. So I would say, turn it back to them. What is the question they're asking? Help them to discern with God how they would fulfill that. And then Sam, to your point of, um, and Blaine, to your question of who and how if you're honest, you have to ask, what is, what is it that I'm offering them? What life does it come out of? You only want to offer out the life that you're living in God. And so that posture of come with me is a really holy thing as a younger man being asked by even younger men. So when you're 25 and you're in the throes perhaps of having young kids like you, like that cool thing of, hey, we're going on this adventure and I could use some help with all these bikes and come with me. He gets to be in the context of your life. So where do you offer? Wherever your life is, wherever your strength is, wherever your current um, struggle is, 
right? Whatever your frontier is, you invite him into your life that's proportionate. And what's so beautiful is you can't hide behind anything. He sees the whole package. So he not only sees what you have come through and become to offer, but he also sees how you handle disappointment, how you handle not knowing what to do when things go sideways with your wife or your car or your son, right? But it's come with me. I'm going to let you into part of my life. And you get to discern with everyone authenticity, you know, with a few vulnerability and with even a fewer group of people intimacy. And so you can be authentic with all, but you decide what portion and ultimately you want to entrust them to God and not carry them. Good Lord. Sorry guys, that was a longer spot. Morgan. <laughs> Yeah, was it? We're just the ball is out of the park right now. I gotta go send somebody to fetch us a new one, especially with that last piece. That was like, that was. I'm trying. I'm trying to be helpful to you because I get it. Like you're being, you're in a little different place than me. Like you're being bombarded with like eager, eager. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm reading the magazine. Um, I'm I'm listening podcasts. Like yeah, I want to be you, Uh, Sam. Sam, I want to, I want to hunt with you, Blaine and Sam. I can Mm -hmm. I my kids go to the same preschool as yours. Oh, your kids aren't in preschool yet. I thought they were because I know everything about them. And Mm. stop, (laughs) go live your life, right? So to you guys, I want to say like, not too many, right? Not too much, right? Right? Not very, very, very little. You are mentoring them through Mm. this, right? You are so. Morgan, that last piece literally could be a closer, like just that paring down intimacy, authenticity, vulnerability. I'm so aware, like there's this allure to being asked to be a mentor. Like it feels good. Right. There's this like inevitable pride that does come of like, yeah, I am hot. Like, of course you, like that happens. There's this moment of like, yes. And I can see in some stories how, you've been calling like invite them into life invite them into the tra- the trajectory where you're walking with god i've i've seen a potential pitfall where someone is like this is my identity now yeah I the am, mentor right yes. i'm going to be stuck in this cycle forever and there isn't new frontier for me because if it, it feels really good and i get to kind of hang my hat on it and i'm not thinking of anyone in particular I know that you're thinking I'm talking about you. I'm not. I'm not talking about you. It's okay. I'm talking about somebody else. <laughs> but like it it can be this, you are an oil reserve and we're going to tap you. Yes. And it's going to feel really good because you're producing. Yes. You're producing tangibly for these guys. And I just, I'm not, I'm not hearing that anywhere in this episode so far of like that, that just isn't, you don't hit that stage and then set up camp and dismantle the wagons and you're like this is it we've we've arrived and still produce healthy environments as a mentor am i hearing you right notice your motive right the masculine journey is always rooted in matters of the heart and so you're right that identity of now i'm somebody i must be somebody if they're asking me to mentor them right? And that, that you can just see the false self being architected. And now I have to come through and prove to them I'm worth being their mentor. And all that is just a house of cards, right? One of my favorite lines, and you could ask my son about this in parenting, is how often I turn to my son, Joshua, who's now 15. And my line is, Joshua, I've never been a parent to a 15-year-old before. We are learning this together. And 10 years ago, that would have felt like weakness, like, oh shit, I don't have it together. I'm a parent, so I need to act like one. But because I'm a son to a father, I come with strength to say, I don't know what I don't know, but we're being initiated together. And much of me is older than 15. And so I am ahead of him. And yet both of us are going through our initiation. And what's fascinating, even in that, there's a lot of my heart that's being um, accessed and a lot of woundedness and grief by having a 15-year-old son of the 15-year-old in me that I didn't even know was there as he's going, he's hitting these rites of passage and I'm going, oh my goodness, there's this 15-year-old boy 
I mean, I didn't even know about. And, and so it's an example that we never arrive. It's always a process. But when we have that posture, it helps us to stay rooted in our true identity that we're all students, we're all sons, and we're all becoming. I want you to say more. I, I, I want more on that piece of if you are attuned to the person that you are offering for, yes. it's going to be raising these places that probably didn't get what they needed at yes. certain stages. And that's not a weakness. There's actually an opportunity well, there. Well, that may actually be the goal in your mentoring, right? Mm-hmm. Is how you handle the situation. Like my, my, I took my son on a, on a week of his vision quest, back country, this elk hunt. That sounds awesome. It was a disaster. Everything <laughs> went wrong. We didn't see elk for days. We were exhausted. That's so helpful. Truck broke down. Three days stuck in Wyoming. It went from bad to worse. That's the cliff notes. I could feel this. Dang it. What this cost? I've been planning this for eight months. I pulled him out of school in high school for a week. I had to negotiate with coaches to pull him out of football and on and on and on. But I've had enough initiation and enough maturity just to hold on to hope and life and God, just a little thread and say, okay, God, I'll stay with you. I'll stay with you. And the short of it was after that week, I was sitting with a mentor and I just said, can I just unpack this with you? Like there were some highlights and I can find a story to make myself feel better about this week. But here's the truth. I'm disappointed. I put a lot of stock in this week. Now, understand his vision quest is over years. This isn't a, here's a sword ceremony. Now you're a man and just more pressure, right? This is part of his initiation. But I put a lot of stock in this week. There was a lot of uh, investment, time, energy, money. And this mentor listens to me and he just smiles. Okay, just first off that, an older man, he's at ease and somehow in his presence, I'm at ease. Like that could have been enough. And then he says, you just had, I just get emotional even thinking about it. He goes, you just had a week on the road with your son. Who gets that? And like right there, he just reframed it. And I, I, I saw a different view. I saw it from the father's heart. And he said, what would, what would it have been like for you? if you were with a loving father who helped you navigate through the realities of an unsuccessful hunt of really hard miles and getting cliffed out and how to handle that and what to do when your water purifier fails you in the back country and then your truck breaks down and how to engage this tow truck driver that's uh, a little scary for hours once you get out of the back country and how to navigate the ethics of repair when the repairman himself causes as much damage to the truck in the process of repairing than when you came in the first place. What would you have done if you had a dad that walked you through all the disappointment? And it was so beautiful because I got to see that it was in the struggle, in the disappointment that my son got the very thing he most needed. It wasn't what I set out for, but it was what he was needed because my posture of my heart is we are both being mentored and I need things and you need things and we both have God and we're both on time. And that's the goal. We're both on time. And so I think, Sam, that helps alleviate the pressure of I need to come through and also surface my motive of really what's in this for me and what do I want out of this? Friends, my hope in this conversation, among other things, your soul is reminded that we are the sought after ones, that God is looking for us. He is pursuing us. Psalm 23 anchors my soul in the reminder that we are the chased after ones. God is always looking for a way to make his strength available to us as his sons and as his daughters. And so as part of this podcast, I want to invite you to just try on this exercise that I love practicing with some regularity when I find myself in a moment that it feels like it's up to me. 
it feels like I'm on my own. It feels like the burden is ill-fitting, that's heavy, that it's all too much. I find a quiet place to tuck away from the world and I lay on the ground and I find my breath. I recover my breath. And over time, I wait until I experience the feeling of shifting from carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders to feeling the earth holding up my body, to feel the strength of a solid foundation that is supporting every part of me and allowing my body to shift from burden to feeling rest, to feeling cared for, to feeling strengthened by a father who leads us by pools to drink from that refreshes our soul. God, I pray that this podcast would strengthen the hearts of our friends around the globe. I pray that you would surprise us, God, as you cleanse our visibility, our eyes to see and our ears to hear, that you would surprise us with your pursuit, that we would notice, that we would pay attention, that we would see your intervention as a father, as a mentor, as a guide, providing us perhaps not what we want, but exactly what our hearts truly need. You are our true father, and you are the safest place for our soul to land, to learn, to grow, and to thrive. We ask God that you would strengthen us in our inner being as we open ourselves, our hands, our lives, our calendars to receive more of you in particular ways into more parts of us. Amen. Friends, thanks for setting apart this time. We look forward to the next podcast on becomegoodsoil.com.